Welcome to the Dr. Gabrielle Lyon Show, where I believe a healthy world is based on transparent conversations. Welcome to the Dr. Gabrielle Lyon Show. This is the first ever live podcast interview. I interview a handful of my favorite people at the Forever Strong Summit that took place in Austin. And I got to tell you, while this episode is not science, this episode is about dominating your life. Yes, we care about physical strength. We also require mental strength and what it takes to really show up to be the best version of oneself. Remember, capacity is cultivated in the arena of life. And this group is highly curated to help you bring 2024, wherever you are at, to the next level. So take a moment, sit back, grab some water, maybe a little bit of coffee, and let's rock and roll. Thank you to AquaTrue for sponsoring this episode of the show. I love AquaTrue. AquaTrue is a filtration system that actually I use in my office. And here's why I use it. Number one, there's a lot of stuff in your water. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. This is a countertop purification, so they don't have to rip up my countertop. All I had to do was plug it in. It removes 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pictures. We all know the pictures that we've used that have filters that we change. This really removes more contaminants and will help limit your exposure to things like PFAs in your water supply. PFAs are found in almost 45% of the U.S. tap water. You shouldn't really have a ton of it in your body. They really increase the overall lifetime exposure to toxins. You should be drinking, my friends, filtered water. One way to do that is to use AquaTrue. Go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com. They have a 30-day money-back guarantee. Today, my listeners receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to AquaTrue.com and use the code Dr. Lion. Thank you to Vivo Health for sponsoring this very special episode of the show. And I wanted to mention the Vivo Barefoot Shoe. I have been using this shoe and I sought after this sponsor because I believe in their product so much. Vivo Barefoot is a shoe that allows me to train while feeling the ground. I feel very stable. There's no heel. It is flush to the ground. It's almost like I'm training barefoot. These shoes are made from recycled material. I also feel good about that, that we are not just contributing to more a landfill. Vivo Barefoot Shoes are so incredible that they have offered my listeners a 100-day trial on their footwear. So you can purchase it. If you don't like it, you get it. try it for 100 days. You can purchase yours at vivobarefoot.com slash drlion or use the code drlion for 15% off your order. Again, these shoes are just tremendous. I love them. I wear them when I train, when I have to push a sled or do plyometrics or just do my regular resistance training program. You cannot go wrong. And I know that you'll absolutely fall in love with this shoe. Head over to vivobarefoot.com slash drlion 
for 15% off your order. Um, welcome. We're going to do a live podcast. And then at the end, we're going to open it up to questions. Now, I want to tell you about each and every one of these individuals on the stage. They are all here and all very unique. I'm going to start with Michelle. Michelle Shapiro is a dietitian and she is changing the narrative of the diet culture. Truly, truly a game changer. Quiet the Diet is her podcast. Ben Newman, I have to say, I probably would not have put on this event if it wasn't for Ben. He changed the trajectory of what I thought about success, what I thought about vision, and um, he inspires some of the most incredible athletes, NFL, NBA, you name it, but I don't think this event would be happening if it, if it wasn't for him. Matt Schneider. So, you know, you guys, I wrote this book, and this book came out, and uh, I don't know if you know this, but doing a book and running a business, <laughs> and then being a mom and having a husband who he better be here. Where is he? <laughs> he walked in with us. <laughs> husband, he's working 100 hours a week. Uh, it's a lot. And when we think about dominating what we're doing in our lives, we need a team. And I wouldn't be able to do any of the things that I'm doing without him. Thanks, brother. Amen. Jen Gottlieb. Jen is, you know, you meet those people and it's like an instant best friend. Same values, same integrity, and we're going to the same place. Jen is going to be, mark my words, one of the most famous, motivational, inspirational speakers that we have ever seen in our time. Watch. Last but not least, I'm actually so glad he was willing to join us for this podcast. Thanks for having me. Uh, So, by the way, I actually wanted him on this podcast, and I was afraid that I was overextending him because he will be leading the workout. Now, he's going to laugh because he's going to believe, I can't believe you didn't tell me this. Mm -hmm. This is what he's thinking. I would show up for you no matter what. I met Don almost 10 years ago at the beginning of my career. And let me just say that what you're seeing today, this guy, he has been my ride or die and my, my absolute wingman and uh, changed it, changed it all for me. So if anyone deserves applause, it's this guy. Woo-hoo, most humble guy you will ever meet, and he's going to kick your ass. So you better all be showing up for that workout. Um, so this is gonna all about domination. But before we talk about domination, number one, I would love to thank the sponsor for making this possible, and that's Inside Tracker. So if you guys have not done your blood work this year, I'm coming for you. You in the back smiling. Did you do your blood work? I did. Okay. Okay. We're going to get this done, people, because you don't know what you don't measure. So thank you to Inside Tracker. So you guys, we we talk about domination. But before we talk about domination, 
it's very interesting. Those at the top, there's this thing that happens, right? That potentially complacency or settling in happens. Not for this crew, but I think there are probably moments where you're like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing well. My question to you is, is I'm going to ask you, Ben. I'm going to ask you first. Where do you find inspiration? Well, first off, I owe you blood work, and I apologize. I, you do. <laughs> I, I, wait a second. I, I, you, wait. We, time out. <laughs> you are late for blood work. You are late for blood work. I'm not. You I'm, just got your blood work. Look I'm at not. their faces. I'm good. I'm good. Look at their faces. <laughs> late. <good>. Late. <laughs> exactly right. You see that? <clears throat> Olivia, you're late. <laughs> I'm shaking right now. She's like, hold <laughs> I'm like, I got my blood work in. It's probably related to the blood sugar, but we wouldn't know. We don't have blood work. So anyway, so in all seriousness, you know, again, I mean, I, we were just at an event. Tim Grover is there talking, and I'm just thinking, you know, you get to a level. But once you're at a level, where, where are you finding inspiration? So for me, I believe that each and every single one of us, we have deep inside of us what I call a burn. And so I've been doing this for over 18 years. And that's a long time. So you get to see people in the business world and the sports world perform at a very high level and also people who go through struggle. And a lot of individuals that do the work that we do, they talk about why and purpose, which is so incredibly important. But I believe each and every single one of you, you actually have something inside of you called the burn. A lot of times it gets perspective from pain that you've been through or you're currently sacrificing for somebody or somebody sacrificed for you. And that next level of performance I've found comes from when you connect to that burn, which then ignites that why and purpose and causes you to be disciplined on the days you don't want to do it, but especially after you win. And that's where a lot of people struggle. I call it the seduction of success. When you're winning, you got to continue to do the things and have the disciplines that cause you to win. Otherwise, you become complacent. In the world we live in that's trying to drive us to complacency, it's mm -hmm. a very dangerous slope. Do you ever catch yourself? Do you have a moment where you catch yourself and you're like, man, I'm, I'm feeling comfortable? I mean, it's still why, I, even though this is the work that I do, I have two coaches. I'm reading books every day. I'm blessed to have some of the greatest mentors in the world. So I'm constantly being pushed to stay uncomfortable. But there's mornings I wake up, I don't want to work out, or I would rather have a stack of pancakes than, you know. You better not. <laughs> but see, then I, I've got my accountability. And so I, I have those conversations, but I've learned, because I believe we have to be an example for the things that we're blessed to be able to share and teach, that if I eat that stack of pancakes, then I'm a fraud. Mm. And so you, you kind of force having to be the example by the environment you create. Mm. Mm. Jen, for you, you um, are on stages. You're speaking, you're traveling. Where do you find your inspiration mm. when you're thinking about something new? A lot of... This is a great room to say this in, and I love saying I love this room because I get to talk about the fact that a lot of my inspiration and motivation comes from my workouts and comes from mm. the gym. It comes from physicality. So I can never think my way into being motivated or inspired. I have to do my way into being motivated and inspired. And so no matter what, non-negotiable, I move my body every day, every single day. And I know many of you, this isn't like crazy to say this in this room. I bet you every single, who moves their body every single day in here? Raise your hand. Like I want to, let's get this interactive. Okay, great. <laughs> uh, uh, and it doesn't matter if I'm lifting or if I'm doing yoga or if I'm walking or whatever, I'm moving. And that, I, I find that when I can move a muscle, I can move a thought. So there are so many days that I wake up and I don't feel motivated when I open my eyes. I'm not immediately motivated. Like a motivation fairy doesn't just plop me on the head and be like, you're motivated today. 
I have to do the hard thing in order to prove to myself that I can get that little win that we were just talking about. And that little win will be like, oh, that felt good. Okay, I can move a little bit more. And usually the most clarity comes from doing. So I've, I always say that clarity follows like action. That. It does. Clarity comes from doing. Um, Don, mm. you know, no pressure. No pressure. Matt, you and I were talking. Um, I believe in working hard. I believe in really working hard. I have never seen anyone work as hard as you. I'm saying something. That's right. You yeah. know how many hours I put in. I'm saying something. Right? I'm a workhorse. Mm-hmm. This guy, I'm like, do you ever skip a beat? Never. I'm waiting for it. I have waiting for it. No, I mean, why? I mean, if you want to ask the why, maybe it was things I went through when I was in second grade in my childhood. Maybe it was the fact that I found a level of significance doing what I do now. Maybe it was the fact that this was the one area of my life that I felt most of the time, and I'm not talking about, God forbid, anyone has you know, developed sickness or disease, but it's in my control, right? It's the more I put into it, the more I get out of it. So I could tell you right now, the last workout, the last planned workout I missed was 1996. <laughs> and when I go into the gym, whether it's a recovery day, whether it's a max effort set, I sit there and I think someone's attacking my family if I don't get that number of reps or exceed those number of reps. That's crazy. It sounds nuts. I'm not doing it for a muscle. It's not about, you know, if I was on a dozen, mag- I have, I've been over on a dozen magazine covers. I was on Muscle and Fitness two months ago. It's got nothing to do with my biceps. It's got to do with this. It's 100% mental. Um, The best piece of advice I've ever had delivered to me, I want to say in business, and you're going to laugh about this, was in the year 2000, when I was working for Equinox for one year, and was getting bought by a private equity company. And on month six, I was there for one year, halfway point, a GM walked in. And looked at us. It was the worst delivery I've ever heard in my life, by the way. Like, I'm not telling anyone ever to say this in a group. But this woman looked at 45 trainers and went, you're all expendable. And I'm sitting there going, holy shit. Did she just say this to this entire group? My jaw hit the floor. But she was right. She was right. And, you know, call me what you want. Call me a motivator, a celebrity coach. I don't care. The reason why I've been in the business as long as I am is because I feel like I'm going to lose everything tomorrow. And maybe that's a bad attitude to take, but it's that type of humility and it's that type of respect for what it is I built and what it is I do that allows me to show up every day and feel like this is the best day that I had and just push and move forward. And that's why I've been working with people like Ryan Reynolds for 15 years. And that's why I go in there. He is my friend. I am not treating it like he is my friend. I am like, he hired me to do a job. I have to get this job done. I always have to bring new stuff to the table for him. I always have to check it. It's just, I want to supply that service. So my entire career has been about deposits. That's it. I'm making deposits. I'm not asking for what I get in return. And honestly, if I'm leaving you guys with one thing, if I'm going to walk off the stage right now, that's what it is. Make deposits. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty profound. That is something that I have always noticed and respect about you is you are just the ultimate professional. Thank you. The ultimate professional. I mean, this guy from business partnerships, he's got the organized Dropbox, consistent content. It's just like everything is the highest level of professionalism. Hi, Kara, you're late. Um, Kara. Kara in the back. You guys know Kara. Um, Matt, seriously. You guys, what I didn't mention is this guy's also DEA and SWAT. Back in the day. Back in the day. 
pretty tough dude. Nobody is getting past him. <laughs> you laugh, very humble. Shane. Shane would get past me. True, true. Hey, Matt. Matt Monreen, by the way, you guys will introduce you all to him. He uh, doesn't want me calling him out, but he's really, we talk about podcasts. This guy has set my podcast up for success. So thanks, Matthew. Best inspiration for you. Where's that coming from? Um, well, I mean, back to the SWAT law enforcement thing, I, I developed like a real sense of the impermanence of life and just how fleeting it is. And real early on in the career, I had lost track of how many dead people I stood over and thought, and this, this person had no idea that today was going to be their last day. So, you know, we all have this understanding that life is short and we know we're not going to make it out alive, but... Um, that would be weird if we did. Yeah, totally. Well, with AI, let's, I mean, yeah. stand by. That's true. Um, but I, I developed this in purpose of life, which then gave me this sense of urgency to live and to create. And then um, not long ago, actually, I was asked this question on a podcast about if there were five people dead or alive that I want to have on uh, at my dinner table, um, who would they be? And I sat there and I thought about it and I answered the question. But afterwards, I thought, you know, what would that take? Like, what kind of life would you have to live and what kind of impact would you have to have to be listed as one of those people? And so when I'm not wanting to do the workout or whatever the work is that needs to get done, I, I think about that because I've got a son, got a wife, and I want to have generational impact. So um, if I can create the kind of, of impact and legacy that one day somebody were to be randomly asked, who would you want to have at your table? And my name got listed. Aww. Holy shit, would that be a big thing, right? So um, I lean into that. I like that. And... What I'm hearing from all of you is that it's all at top of mind. It's not a yesterday kind of thing. You know, for Michelle, you're building your business. So you're um, a younger entrepreneur, and that's amazing, right? Because you are so aggressive and starting off so successful already. For you, what are you thinking? So... Inspiration for me comes from, I would, I feel like client experiences, to be honest with you, because, and my own personal experience, I have this feeling in my gut, which is like in my burn, is if I'm not going to do this, I don't know if anyone else is. And if people are left out without those answers or left out without that knowledge or that hope, I guess is the word I would use, I, I take it on myself. If I know something, I have, I'm compelled by burn, by honestly fear that it's not shared to share it. So um, I am relentless in, if I even come up with something that I feel like, oh, this is a trend I'm seeing in different clients, I, I feel like physically a burn <laughs> to share it because, um, so my inspiration really comes from the people that I serve and I feel like I'm a, I serve in my career and um, certainly uh, I feel like it, it's not, if not me, then who? It's just, it has to be you. And that's just how I feel. It, it just has to be. And if you have it, you, you better share it. Yeah, that's, that's beautiful, and, and it kind of makes me think about the seasons. You know, we're all in different seasons in our career, and that's really what we're here. You guys, it's January. I know January comes every year. Shocking. Mm -hmm. um, but the thing that I like about January is it's a time to reflect. There's, there's always times to reflect, and I think that all of us up here are reflecting all the time. 
um, a day goes by where we're not reflecting kind of what are the wins, what are the losses, how can we improve on, on that day? Because that's really what a, a life will, uh, well lived is, is something that is deeply reflected upon. But there comes a time where there's like this separation. And the separation I'm talking about is going to the next level. It's like that separation season. You know, Ed, our friend Ed Milet talks about separation. Ed Milet talks about separation season. And it, it seems like every level, there's a moment of choice of where you are to where you're going to be. And, you know, um, Ben, when you think about separation season, separating where you are to where you're going or where you've been in the past to that next level. What is that? Well, I, I'll give a couple of examples. Uh, one will come from you, which I'll share some of it tonight. Um, is it about your blood work? The, the heart of it tonight. <laughs> I'm going to get that, that done this afternoon. Real dude. Before, that shit before is the workout, real dude. After the workout. <laughs> so i got to tell you, so you, know, you know, entrepreneurs, there's archetypes. Like, they are so consistent about what needs to happen and how they show up. I will tell you, I'll, like for Jason, Jason Redmond, I, will, I know that his blood work will be due at a certain time. I'll start asking six months prior to that time <laughs> because I know by that time we're going to be on it. But anyway, carry on. So it's interesting that you say that, and I don't say this to impress anybody, but sharing with Don, like there's certain things I know I have to do every day. And so I flew out at 5 a.m. this morning from St. Louis, so I woke up at 2.14 so I could get my workout in. Workout takes an hour. And so I have to do that. Otherwise, once again, I'm a fraud when I'm in front of you. I don't have the energy. My mind isn't set. So I just find it interesting that I wake up at 2.14 to work out for an hour, but I still owe you blood work. So there you go. Ah. <laughs> Priorities. <laughs> Priorities. Uh, but to the question, so in, in 2020 was the first time that Ed Milet and I ever spent time together. So Andy Frisella, both being St. Louis kids, were dear friends, and they invited me to the Arate Syndicate to do an online event because it was during COVID. I'd never spent time with Ed. So I get done, and Ed just started pouring into me. You know, there's thousands of people that are on this Arate event. I just get done speaking, and he's just pouring this belief into me. And I grew up, my, my mom, my, my burn is losing my mom 11 days before my eighth birthday. And I'm a 45-year-old man. She passed away at 38. So I look at it as I've been given seven extra years that she never got. You better damn believe I'm on every single day. So I will not waste a day. That's my burn. That's my fire. And that's my passion. And so he's pouring this belief into me. And I had a dad that moved into the house where nothing was ever good enough, verbal abuse, which is much harder than the physical. I wish he would have just punched me because the bruises would have gone away, but those words live with you forever. And so I needed somebody like Ed in my life. I'm a grown, I'm talking about 2020, I'm 45. I've already been living this way for four decades. And Ed said things to me that I needed to hear. And he poured this belief in me that just caused me to say, you know what, I'm going for it now. And people would look at me three years ago and say, oh my gosh, look at the things he's doing. I was already working for Coach Saban at Alabama. I had already won my first national championship with Coach Saban in Alabama. So you'd look saying, this guy's got it going on. And I was held back. And Ed said that to me. And then I'm going to save it for, I'm going to save it for tonight. Um, but when we met at Emily Frisella's event, and I was going through what I went through, and uh, where you... Uh, <clears throat> I cry when I watch Extreme Home Makeover, so I apologize. <laughs> Um, <laughs> where, where you pushed me to go, it was the final piece I needed Aww. from what, uh, what Ed said and what you said. And, uh, 
the way we've been able to help each other in such a short period of time, I think would probably blow people away, but I'm just, I'm so grateful for you and uh, the community that you have built and you are building. Um, but I would say to have the blessing of having individuals like you and Ed who give it to you real, tell you what you need to hear and push you is what keeps you uncomfortable, but they help you know that you're supported. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Um, you guys, uh, I would truly encourage you to look at some of the places that Ben shows up. So what you're seeing up here right now, this is true global strength. And that's what this is about. You know, I talk a lot about nutrition and fitness, but in order to move the needle and live a, a life of meaning, it is about global strength and that is emotional strength. It is the ability to be vulnerable. It's not eating protein and exercising. I will say a weak mind will never exist in a strong body. A weak mind will never exist in a strong body, but that strength is universal. That capacity to dominate requires everything. And that's what this is about. Um, you know, uh, Don, when I met you, so we met in New York City. Again, I had a, a practice on Fifth Avenue. I never recommend that for anybody. <laughs> Dr. Sean in the back, you know, the uh, cost of doing business, I think our rent was $40,000 a month, just yeah, rent. Yeah. Um, that was a lot, right? Mary Claire, that is way overhead. I can't wait for you guys to meet Mary Claire, hormone expert, oh, yeah. uh, extraordinaire. You were, what time were you waking up going into the city every day? It was like four something. Oh, man. Um, I mean, when I was... I was living in the city. I had to get up at, you know, 3.30. Disgusting. I remember I had a member. Um, <laughs> my, my rent, my final year was like a, about a million bucks for the year. So my, my real estate taxes were 15000 a month. That was just one of my clubs. So what, um, what, you, what you have to do is you have to start getting creative. You'd have a member from Lehman Brothers come in at that time, obviously, and go, um, okay. well, the time I want to work out, you can't accommodate. And I'd be like... Bullshit. Like, what time? 4 a.m. Like, I have the keys. I own the club. I'll see you at 4. You know, and you would never say no to that. So, yeah, you'd be up at 3.15, 3.30. And there were nights when, um, after Hurricane Sandy, when we had to move out of the city, that there were nights I'm sleeping in the PT room, and my wife and kids are at home, and I'm hearing, like, rats. And one night I caught the guy from the Tasty Bread Factory, which was in the basement, breaking into the space. That was interesting. Um, I mean, it's New York City, so I can't even begin to tell you the stuff that ended up happening. But you do what you have to do. It's not... Guys, I almost missed 37 consecutive payrolls. Um, I remember one year when Lehman and Bear went down, we had a golf fitness training facility, and we um, were doing corporate events. I lost my corporate event business. I owned a golf fitness training cl club. Um, we were doing kinematic sequencing. I was the first TPI3. We were like into it, and then suddenly, like our event space is gone. So I borrowed, I, I raised a million dollars from probably 15 different members, and it was a burn down. I said, you spent X last year, I need Y, and I trained it off in 18 months. So as a coach in the city to train off a million dollars in 18 months, you're, you're not working 30 hour weeks. I'm sorry, it's just the reality is, is you're going in and you're doing it with a smile on your face. But you gotta do what you gotta do. It, 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 it's, um, you have an option. You can close and you're, you know, we made mistakes when I was in my 20s, right? I raised 5 million bucks when I was 26, 27 years old, opened a club. I didn't know what the fuck, excuse my language, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. I was like, like, what do you need, 36,000 feet or 5,000 feet? At the time I had a business plan open, but I'm like, well, the more the better, right? Like you're sitting there. <laughs> 
But, um, you know, and then you learn, and um, then in time, you know, it's, it's the best experience I could have had was, the best education I could have had was experience. It's like, you're not going to get what I got going to Harvard Business School. It ain't going to happen. Like, when you're turning around, you're dealing with noise compliance and BSA permitting to prove that you're not opening some illegal massage parlor because you have showers, <laughs> and you're going up, and you're going You up might on, have been, you might have been. A, good business plan, maybe, I'm not saying, but... Um, but, you know, when you're going upon a community and they're standing up saying, we don't need a loud gym with dropping. And you're like, wow, like they didn't teach me this when I was studying business in college. They didn't teach me anything, actually. I just played baseball. Um, you know, you start learning quick. And um, looking back on it now, it, it's, I wouldn't make any changes. I mean, I had to go through it hard, but it was kind of what grew uh, me to do what I'm doing now. Now, that's what I want to talk about. Mm. I want to talk about separation season. Mm -hmm. You worked really hard. Yeah, I still for do. years. I mean, yeah. I'd be calling you. You'd already be on the train. Yeah, showing up for work, working in the city, leaving from Long Island to the city, three something in the morning, fifteen years. Then COVID happened. This is how you've invested fifteen years in that club. You're not going to cry. It's just it, it, I'll never forget. Governor Cuomo announced on I'll never forget the date Monday, March sixteenth, eight p.m. It's like. All clubs are closed. I'm like, oh, interesting. I have three months left on my lease, my 15-year lease, three months left. So we didn't know what was going on. We didn't know about real PPP money yet. That wasn't out. Um, my wife had a great idea. She's like, you got to create a plan, a program. You know every publication is going to be contacting you. I'm like, good idea. So I sat up. I wrote a four-week bodyweight plan. We're like running into our living room, moving furniture. I've got like this Guido afro going on. I'm like, <laughs> sleeveless shirt. I'm like, she's filming me on an iPhone. I'm like, doing exercises. But... <laughs> Sorry, man. I'm Italian. I got to use these words. It's just, it's, it's, um, and then um, the next month, I collected 200,000 emails in four weeks. And I gave it for free. So every publication was like, um, would you give us an arm workout, an ab workout? I'm like, I'll give you four weeks. Progressive, with video, just send them to my website. Right? So we end up collecting that. And... Um, you know, it's a really good thing. And then I start getting calls from the publications like, we'd like to do a live workout with you. I did four to five live workouts a day in real time for 30 days. That was between 130 and 150 real time workouts. And I refused to miss one of my own workouts. He was like, well, these are body weight, but I still got to lift because I'm, a, you know, that's what we do, right? It's just, so, um, and you're good at your blood work. You're pretty on top. Yeah, I still do my blood work. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. But, but, but. Oh. See how fast he's going through it? Like it was nothing. You guys notice that? It's just... It's, wait, wait, it's wait. Yeah. If, like, like, Olivia here, say, I live box and flow. When stuff closes, it is not... I don't know about you, but that is like a moment where... That's, that's a moment. What did you do in that moment? I mean, you had to have a holy shit moment. What, when the, when the club was closing? Yes. Yeah, I don't know. Was, guys, you're going to... I went through so much shit already that I was just like, okay, we're all in this together. Like, I, I can't complain. I, it sounds ridiculous. Like, was I up at night nervous? No, I was... I mean, I was... Guys, there was nights I was going to bed where I'm like, I got to come up with 100 grand by 9 a.m. Like, it's... And that was pretty... That was pretty regular. So when, when COVID happened, I was almost a bit... I'm sorry to admit, I was a bit relaxed. I was like, wow, everyone's in it. Like, they've got no control over this. I just got to, you know, turn lemon, uh, lemons into lemonade. So, um, you know, I just started going about the process. But it really, like, this is a good lesson here because for the first time in my life, it allowed me to focus on just one thing. Mm -hmm. Where at the club, it was like I had to train 
a ton of clients. I had to deal with my landlord that was bitching at me all the time. I had to deal with the member who was shaving in the locker room and leaving her blade on the floor and hair everywhere, disgusting. Like, just little things. I had to deal with a tasty bread factor guy breaking into my club. Like, enough. Like, come on, enough. Um, so on and on and on. These are just minor things. Coaches, staff, um, HR, all these things. So, like, suddenly this happened, and it actually felt pretty easy. It was just like, oh, I've got one thing I actually have to do for once in my life. Like, this is great. But I think that also shows sometimes that we all, because a lot of you out there right now will come to me and you'll ask me about digital this week and it's going to happen. Like, and you've got your hands in a lot of different things. And it's almost like the best thing that could happen sometimes is like you get fired from your position. Yeah. Does if you notice that? Because like suddenly like you're told to stop and you have that oh shit moment. Like when I worked at Equinox in 99 and they had um, corporate come in, they fired all of us. I got rehired. I didn't take it. But I remember I went from being the highest producing trainer there making $25,000 for the year back in 99 to tripling my salary in 24 hours. And it's like, but for 24 hours, like I felt pretty lousy. I was like 22 years old. I'm like, this sucks. Like, why would they fire me? Like I put my heart and soul into this place. And then suddenly like new opportunity. Like my favorite line is for every time, um, you know, a door closes, another one opens. For every time I felt like I was being misdirected, I was really being redirected to something better, right? So that's kind of my, been my, my, my slogan. So it's interesting. It sounds like there's a, number one, you were prepared, mentally prepared through difficult times, because I think that's the experience that happens. We don't become good at something. We don't become capable because capacity is built through challenge. And you were in the arena, but you were capable enough that it wasn't this dramatic thing, even though the outside seemed very difficult. Thank you to Bite Toothpaste for sponsoring this episode of the show. Another family favorite of ours, Bite Toothpaste. I don't know about you, but toothpaste can be extremely messy, especially if you have kids. You will find toothpaste in very odd places. This is why Bite is so effective. So they're tiny, what look like little mints. You can pop them in your mouth. Our daughter will use the Bite Toothpaste. She will take it. She'll chew it up. She might say it's pretty minty. And we all love this toothpaste. It comes in these cute little refillable jars. It's just adorable. Actually also makes great gifts. They work and you can travel with it, pop it in your mouth, put some water in, brush your teeth and you are done. No mess, no hassle. All natural ingredients, not sulfates, not palm and not glycerin. So it's just very clean. It eliminates waste. Byte is offering my listeners 20% off their first order. Go to trybyte, that's T-R-Y-B-I-T-E dot com slash a Dr. Lion. That's trybyte.com slash Dr. Lion. You'll get 20% off your first order. So head on over. Let me know what you think. Thank you to Inside Tracker for sponsoring this episode of the show. Why is blood work important? Because you have to track. You must monitor where you are at. And what I love about Inside Tracker is that it allows you to take health within your own hands. You are not dependent on anybody. My friends, this is really important. So if you've been putting off blood work, don't. This is your responsibility to yourself and your family and your friends to be the best possible version of yourself. Go to insidetracker.com slash Dr. Lion. 
You'll get 20% off, tons of different choices on multiple different biomarkers that will look at where your inflammation is, where your health markers are, what your ApoB is, which is a cardiovascular risk factor. They've done a fantastic job at bringing health to the person. For a limited time only, my listeners will get 20% off the entire Inside Tracker store. Head on over to insidetracker.com slash Dr. Lion. I was, like train, was I was training for the sport. It's like, that's why we train. Yep. It's like you're, you, know, you take the greatest athletes on the planet. Like if they don't pick up a weight ever, they're still probably going to be the greatest athlete. It adds a little bit of resiliency. It gives them body armor. It does this stuff. But like yeah. you hope that when they get on the field, they can take that shot and they can get up and rinse and repeat and rinse and repeat and rinse and repeat. That's all it was for me in business. It was just for me getting my, my, my face imploded like every day for 15, 20 years. And then suddenly, like, things start happening that people are complaining about, and you're like, I'm ready for it. And it doesn't happen overnight. Like, someone asked me, how did you do what you do? I'm like, you don't want to do what I do. You know, I was excited to clean up weights at Equinox in 1999. Like, when I was sweeping floors at my family's catering hall, like, I was 12 years old. I wanted to be the best sweeper. Like, I really did. I remember thinking about that. I'm like, I wanted to be on the floor, and I wanted my dad and my uncle to look out at me and be like, he's working the hardest in the room. There was always that ego. There was always that work ethic. I'm not going to lie. It's part of it. And that grooms you. But this stuff has to be practiced. You don't wake up tomorrow and you're suddenly like, I want to be that. And you are. It's like training, right? It's like you got to train and become resilient and you got to make mistakes and you got to do things wrong. You got to wake up and feel like shit and you got to rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat, rinse. I can go on and on. I want to shut up now. So, <laughs> No, I mean, I think it's really important because you moved quickly. From, there wasn't a lot of narrative. And I think we're going to hear a, a bit about that from Jason Redman, who's a, a former Navy SEAL, been through some incredible aspects. And, you know, I've chosen all of the speakers that are here this weekend for very specific reasons. They all embody something that is incredibly valuable and they are what I believe to be some of the best at what they're going to be speaking on. So I just want you to keep that in mind. Um, you know, Jen, for you, when it, you think about separation season, about becoming the best, you're incredibly driven. Is there a mo I mean, there was a moment where you changed, but was there a moment where it was like, I'm going to be the best? There wasn't one moment. I think it's a lot of compounding moments, and that's what you were just talking about. Like, that's what this life is about. This life isn't about that one moment that you realize it, because I see a lot of people have a moment where they realize it, and then they fall off the next day. It's about compounding. It's about taking that next really, really hard action step, getting that win and being like, holy shit, I love this. This is going to actually motivate me to go get that next win. That's what we were talking about. I was like, embrace this win, embrace this moment. All of these little itty bitty moments that you're having today, tomorrow, the next day, every interaction that you have that feels really special and really good. Like, oh, wow, this is why I'm here. This is why I like to go to events. This is why I like to push myself to do these things. This is why I like to do hard workouts because it feels good at the end. Every time you can soak in those little wins, that's a moment. Those moments lead me to the next moment. That lead me to the next moment. So there wasn't one. There was some very important ones that I can think about in my mind that are like really big anchor ones. But it's the tiny ones every day. I always say that my motivation comes in bed. I do it from bed at night. So I don't necessarily have this spectacular morning routine that gets me pumped for the day. I have a really dope evening routine that subconsciously makes me work really, really hard every day. And so every night, no matter what, 
I have three minutes. We, all, we don't necessarily have three minutes in the morning. I know there's a lot of people that got a lot of stuff going on in the morning. But we all have three minutes at night. I take out my journal and I write down my wins for the day. Everything that I did that was a win, whether that was a tiny conversation that we had together that made me feel good, or maybe a moment on stage, or maybe I made a sale, or maybe I hired a mentor, or maybe I did something really hard, or just I crushed it in my workout, whatever it is, I write down every single win and I celebrate the shit out of myself every day. And yes, it feels good to celebrate your wins. That's awesome. But here's what really happens there. When I wake up the next day, I'm subconsciously thinking all day long, I want to do that hard thing because I want to write it down tonight. Well, I want to have cool. a really, really, really long that. list tonight. I really like that. And I'm like actually working towards my goals a little bit harder because it's like, oh, I can't wait for that moment. And that's what it feels like every day. And then the last thing that I'll say is I really, and I know Gabrielle and I have had a lot of conversations about this, about this event specifically. I have an acronym that I'm thinking about all the time. Hope. She knows. Stands for help one person every day. Mm. Because really, at the end of the day, like this is, it's not about me. I'm not motivated. Like when your why is bigger than you, everything becomes easy. When your why is bigger than you, everything becomes easy. Because if you're worried about you, then it's not about the most important thing, which is the impact that you're going to make for somebody else. And so that's what drives me. And if I can remember that like every day, if I can just help one person, that it's my responsibility to show up as the best version of me so that I can help one person. Maybe everyone on this stage right now, it's your responsibility to be seen and be on these stages. And Gabrielle, for you to hold this event because you are gonna help way more than one person. But if you're not being seen and you're not stepping into the best version of yourself, you're actually doing everybody else in your life a disservice. So I'm motivated by those little wins by getting in my bed at night and writing them down and being like, oh, I can't wait to write down my wins. And then also by the other people that I'm impacting every single day. It's not about me. That's so beautiful. Uh, and a, a statement on the morning routine. How long is your morning routine? We always laugh about this because anyone who, is it for a joke? Wait, no, no, before you answer. So you guys, I have to understand, this is my best friend of like 10 years. <clears throat> No one who has children is doing a morning routine. Yeah, it's, crazy. it's so crazy. I am sorry. This is true, right? Mary Claire, come on. Finally, I'm empty nesting. I have a morning routine. You do? <laughs> but I mean, you know, I have a three-year-old. So Shane is up at four telling me I should be running. He's working out. The, the, this, my son, I'm just trying to get him to not pee on the walls. And this is my, like, and this is literally I, I know by how you do that, by the way. I used to have that problem with my son. I know how you do it. And I'm thinking, how are these people getting up, meditating, writing? None of that is happening. I am like, where is your diaper? It's crazy. How do you, even the staying off the phone first thing for 30 yes, minutes, I'm like, I'm, I'm running downstairs. I'm making breakfast. I'm like, my computer's out. Like... It's, it's, it's insane. Like, yeah, uh, I'm with you. So I, you guys, I, this whole morning routine thing, I'm like, come on, I'm over it. I can't even uh, talk Yeah, it doesn't happen. I like the evening routine idea, though. Yeah, I like the evening. Yeah, yeah. I, actually, I really like that. Everybody gets in your bed and you've got those three minutes. It also sets your, your mind for sleep. Yes. It puts you in a good state. It's like morning's chaos for me. Yeah. I'm yelling I gave at my daughter. I up on the morning routine, too, and I don't even have kids. Yeah. <laughs> but you have dogs. You have like 500 dogs. Yes, I have, I have a lot of dogs. Really, only four, though. Three? Three. Three. I have three dogs. Separation season. Tell me about separation season. <laughs> Tell me about your morning routine. No, I'm just <laughs> well, our son's 14, so we're able to have it. But um, mine actually comes from, um, you know, yes, Jen. What, what was it? Whatever you said. It was amazing. But um, 
like I think about the time that I didn't want to be the worst. Oh, yeah, that was a question. What um, when you want to be the best? Or, but a time when I was at my worst, and 2015, I think it was, right around then, um, young entrepreneur, we had sold our two homes, we had just moved into a townhouse, and uh, we were just circling the toilet bowl in our relationship, our finances, um, mentally, emotionally, physically, all of it. I was up to 260 pounds, and after a couple of years of going through the shit, like, it was, I was just about kind of giving up and almost allowing for things to uh, implode. So I had some sort of escape route. But then I was standing in the kitchen of this townhouse, and it was a brand new townhouse, but we had just moved from a custom home. And we had to liquidate those two homes to continue to pay the bills because we needed to keep the payroll going. We needed to keep the lights on, the doors open. And um, my son, who was um, around eight at the time, he um, looks up at me in the kitchen. He says, Dad, I don't feel like I have a home anymore. I was like, well, God. You know, and here I am supposed to be the protector and provider. And he didn't say it to be mean, but that's just kids are honest. And so I found myself really taking a hard look at what it was that I was doing and not doing that was causing this spiral in all the important areas of my life. And that is when I um, decided right then and there, that was my moment where I separated from the version of myself that was... Um, being a fraud, uh, taking that fake it till you make it approach, telling people that things were great when they weren't, um, pretending like I was somebody that I wasn't, and just um, started getting really honest and raw with myself and the circumstances, and that's when I started seeking out mentorship and coaching, and um, for the first time having a conversation around, this is what it's really like. This is, this is how things really are. And um, that's when things started to come up. So um, I separated from the worst version of myself to start stepping into the best version. How long do you think that takes, the process? I don't think it ends. <laughs> I'm nowhere close. Right. Yeah. Good. Good statement. Yes. yes. <clears throat> Michelle. Yeah. Um, What's up, girl? You know, it's something that I don't, I don't know if you know this about me, but I've been a dietitian for 10 years, and I... Um, worked before I was in my own private practice, which has been about seven years, I worked 10 different jobs as a dietitian. And what I would do was stack them. So I would basically see, I would go, I worked, this is very weird. I worked at Con Edison, the electric company. They actually had a bunch of employees who were over 350 pounds and the weight that they were rated for was 350 pounds. So they had to lose weight. So I work at Con Ed from like seven to three, and then I would come home to my practice from three to 10. But I really learned about myself that I'm just like not good in a work environment. I'm, I like was forming revolutions and I'm like, we should all like, you know, we should get more money. All It was just like, I'm like, I need to, I need to like settle down and head home. You know, like it was just, um, but I, what I think in all, and Don, you kind of touched on this without even realizing it, but whenever I would find myself being like a mismatch for a job and just knew I had to be an entrepreneur and work for myself, I, I never took that as a part of my ego or my identity. I wasn't like, this isn't working, so I'm bad. And I think in life, like whenever there's a harsh hit on me or anything happens, I'm like, let's separate this from my identity and just say this is what it is. And I like to downplay the hard stuff and upplay the really positive stuff. And I have my clients do the same thing where it's like, you know, if I have clients who are really, really sick, it might be that they, you know, have digestive issues and they are 
throwing up 20 times a day. I'm like, did you throw up only 19 today? Like, that's sick, you know? And I think that, <laughs> that's, that's sick. So You're amazing. throwing up 19 times a day, you know? But, but I, I think downplaying that and really separating it from your identity and just understanding your own soul and authenticity, no matter what environment you're in and being true, like you said too, Matt, to yourself and like knowing and being honest with yourself, that's how I always get through anything hard. I mean, I, one other example, I have an aunt who was diagnosed with stage four brain cancer, glioblastoma. Um, she's kind of kicking ass, by the way, just to say. Um, and she's doing really well three years after diagnosis. Um, but when it happened, I remember being like, okay, this is the worst sentence you ever want to hear from a doctor. This is the one thing you really don't want to hear. Um, how are we flipping this on its head? And I was just like, we're just activating our trauma fight responses and we're just doing this. And that's, I, I think, how I have to do things. I have to downplay the negative and upplay the positive and remove our identity from things that happen. And like, again, if your lease, you know, has to end and it's like this crazy thing where you can't see, it's not Dawn, it's like the lease, you know, and it's not you, it's what you're experiencing and separating that. So is that cultivated? <clears throat> is that a cultivated characteristic or are you one of those people who was born positive? Uh, no, I'm a Jew from New York. I'm not born positive. <laughs> No, we're the most literal negative people. Say no more. From literal queens. No, absolutely not. No, just not absolutely Jersey. not. Exactly. Watch it, Don. Okay. Watch it. Okay. Um, yeah, no, absolutely not. I think you. there's a time where you're also forced to, to be like that, and I do think... Um, trauma helps in some ways because it's like you it's you got to the tough get going or not, kind of. Um, but also it's how... I, I, I feel I haven't had a choice, um, and I feel like... Uh, there is probably a baseline of resiliency. And I do come from ancestors who have been through you know, the Holocaust and grave trauma. So probably there is some DNA of resiliency. And I'm sure it would be interesting to identify. And DNA of trauma that we know is epi like can be passed down mm -hmm. through generations. But I have that baseline. And then uh, just terror that I've been through in my life that just makes you keep going. I, I think it's both. Yeah, I think that that's uh, kind of segues really nicely into the next thought is there's a lot of, you know, Jen and I were talking, um, we were talking about early on in her speaking career when she was talking about her keynote and she's like, when I started, I was toxic positivity. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Uh, and I was like, that's so funny. I just thought that there was toxic masculinity. I didn't know that toxic positivity could have been a thing. Mm -hmm. um, and then I started thinking, there are the things that we always hear reiterated do this and you'll be amazing. And then I think at the underbelly, there are things that are potentially not as common that people don't talk about. For example, everyone talks about how great a morning routine is. Is that reality? No. <laughs> at least not in our house. Do you feel, and I'll open this up to any one of you, because everyone is going to have to talk about it, attributes, unknown attributes to success or unknown attributes or unknown ways of thinking that potentially really drive that people don't talk about. Like, I'll give you an example. My husband is sitting over there. He, um, he was a SEAL for 10 years or you know, in the Navy for 10 years and a SEAL. And when I met him, he was active duty and he had been in Afghanistan. He was a medic in Afghanistan. And he, during his nights, would do night school overseas. Taught himself calculus, physics, to go to med school. And I don't know about you, but one of my best friends here, Gena, who's sitting in the back, he, we went to residency together. Are there any other physicians in the room? Mary Claire, another one. 
I bitched the whole time. I bitched through medical school. I bitched through residency. I bitched through fellowship. You name it, I bitched through it. Um, my husband works 100 hours a week. I am still waiting for him to complain. I know. I always ask him that, too. It's so- he, you know, when I met him, he was getting up, I don't know, like four in the morning, maybe five, going to work, working all day, being a, I don't know how much I can say, but he was doing something. And then he would finish, go to night school, finish night school at what, 10? Study from 10 to midnight or one, because you have to get a certain kind of grades um, to get to med school, and then go to work and do it all over again. I don't think people talk about that when they talk about what does it mean? What are some of the unknown attributes for success? Nobody talks about this level of neutrality that, I mean, just looking at that schedule, that's terrible. But we always talk about just, you know, these are the reasons why people become successful. And for example, I think that that's an unknown cause of success, a neutrality and a capacity to execute without all of this stuff. I don't think he hyped himself up every day to go to work. So my friends sitting on the stage, no pressure. Um, what are some of the unknown attributes? Can I just comment on you and Shane for a second? You asked me the question, do you think you're born with it? You're both freaks, I have to say. It's not, we're not like, we're comparing like aliens to humans. I mean, it's completely, you're both like the most naturally resilient and logical, calm, focused people. So I will say, and like you also don't sleep either. I don't get any of it, but I, but I will say that there is, for both of you are actually my like case study example of how there is there's something deep inside of both of you that is just the fight never dies in both of you and I just have to compliment you on that. And say that. So I want to I want to tell you a quick story on that. That is true. Um, so when I was finishing my book, I had two babies and he was uh, trying to get into residency. It took me two years to to finish this first book, and you know what he told me? If I really cared about getting it done, I should wake up earlier. I should get up with him at Shane. four to get my book done. Shane. Shane. Seriously. Yeah. Punch you in the throat. Um, yeah, exactly. So we're a little different, but... No, get but there you go. I talk to you at like 4 a.m. every day. You're completely out of control. Okay. <laughs> um, but I think that's an unknown attribute yeah. uh, to success. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can kick it off. Um, I rem- God, you just made me think of a story. Before I was married, um, I was dating a, a woman and we were driving somewhere and I got lost. This is before navigation, by the way. All right, this is how long ago it was. And um, I remember pulling off at a gas station and saying, hey, listen, I'll be right back. And I ran to the gas station and I, and I came out. And she goes, what'd you do? I said, I asked for directions. And she goes, huh, that's funny. I go, what's, what's funny about it? She goes, I'm surprised you would do that. Most guys don't do that. They try and figure it out on their own. Mm. And I remember thinking about it and being like, well, why would I waste time trying to figure something out and it's going to keep me from getting to my destination fast enough? So I think my thing, whether it was with my own performance, my own nutrition, my business, I always wanted to surround myself with the best team. So every year for the last 25 years I've been in the business, I've had some guys, I've had some incredible mentors. Like 
being able to ask Mike Bloomberg questions on the daily is a kind of a special thing. Or the founder of Tommy Hilfiger, we're going out for coffee every week and we're sitting down and I'm telling him about my business. On the other hand, I wanted to be around, it just so happens that the best functional medicine doctor on the planet happens to be one of my best friends. But like, you're drawn to people and you really establish a relationship with them because you realize they're exceptional people, not good people, but they're exceptional people. And you develop this team over time. So my whole thing was like, if you're going to get into a business, like stop trying to be the jack of all trades, like start hiring, start surrounding yourself, start trying to bring people in who can handle those areas that you're just unable to. There's only so much you're going to be able to do, right? Like my business for me exploded and I was around some pretty good people, but it was once my wife and I partnered up. It was the funniest thing on the planet. Like my entire life, I'm sorry to admit, but like I'm doing, I'm doing work. She's working at a not-for-profit and I'm just kind of in my own lane and I'm doing, I'm partnered with my brother who, that's another story, oh God. Um, <laughs> all families have it, right? And then she comes in and she becomes like a, like a marketing expert in like two years, puts herself through school while she has two kids and literally is like a savant in the area. And then out of nowhere, like our business just started multiplying, 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 multiplying. And she turned to me and she's like, let me handle this and you handle that. And that was when you were talking about losing your home. After Sandy, we had to sell our home. By the way, amazing story. I actually got choked up when you were talking about because I went through the same thing. We sold our home. We were in tax debt. I had to stop taking a salary. This whole Lehman thing really beat us up for years after. And I remember turning to my wife and her being like, listen, we got an option to sell. This is back in, what, 2014. Um, let's wipe out all of our debt. I'm going to get a job. And she looked at me and she goes, we fucking got this. Oh. And she fist bumps me. And you know Mel. And I turned around and I was like, holy shit. And if you want to know when I think I monetarily became successful, it was from that point. That's when, like, I had this clean slate and I was just like, let's go. Like, I'm done throwing a million balls in the air because that used to be my line, throw balls in the air. But next thing you know, you have 100 balls in the air and you can't focus on one thing, right? So that was a big, you mentioned a turning point for you. That was a big turning point for me. But team, if I would have kept continuing to do it all on my own, I wouldn't be here right now. Love that. Who's next? Let's go. Um, So rather than thinking of it as the unknown things, I would almost push back and challenge all of you, and this is what I do it myself, is the things that are known, but maybe you're not having enough of a level of awareness to them, and you're lacking the discipline to consistently do them. So if I were to say to every single one of you, go back to the period of time when you were most successful in your life. You could be in that moment right now, maybe it was six months ago, maybe it was three years ago. And I always encourage people, remember that period of time when you were performing at your highest possible level. Once we identify that period of time, we have to understand what were you doing during that period of time. And then you reverse engineer it and you unpack what were the behaviors, what were the things that I did every day, what were my disciplines. And then I always encourage people, go back to the disciplines that caused you to be successful and repeat them day after day after day after day after day. And discipline is always going to win long term. It's one of the reasons I, a couple of things that you mentioned, Jen, that I love is, you know, celebrating those wins because then you have, you know, those dopamine hits that say, gosh, I want to win again. But then I think there's the undertone of the hope, you know, wanting to give and serve. John Wooden, who's one of the greatest coaches to ever coach anything, uh, you know, won 10, 10 championships in 12 years at UCLA. He wrote more best-selling books in his 90s than 99% of best-selling authors. <laughs> And John Wooden used to say, you cannot have a great day until you've done something for somebody else with no expectation of anything in return. And so I think if you commit your life to the discipline that you know that it takes, you all know what you need to do to be successful. 
just many individuals will choose to not do them consistently, and then you give and serve every single day, I think that's a recipe to drive great success. I'll say something that's a little underrated. Um, I think we all know it in our heart to be true, but maybe it's not talked about enough. Opportunities come from people. Yeah, exactly. Every single opportunity I've ever had in my life, people ask me all the time, like, how did you skyrocket? Like, how did I get to where I have gotten so quickly in the speaking realm? I will tell you, it's only because of people. It's only because of getting into rooms like this where I've connected with individuals and talked about what I wanted to do and made friends with people. I, yeah. This woman right here, I mean, we like I, we, I don't even know how we actually really met, but it was from being in rooms with different people. And you all are going to be able to meet somebody during this event that could potentially change your life. <clears throat> We're all just, Ed Milet says this all the time, you're one connection away. You're one moment away from absolutely everything changing. And usually it's an opportunity that comes from a human being. The very first time I ever spoke in front of a room full of people was it was 12 fitness professionals, 12 personal trainers sitting on the floor in a bar studio. I had no shoes on, no microphone. It was for Carbon 38, which is like a brand. And I was like a brand ambassador because yeah. I was a personal trainer. And they were like, we want you to come and share your story with these personal trainers and, and inspire them and, and tell them uh, what you did in order to inspire them to build a career too. And I was scared shitless. I'm an actress. My the, my the beginning of my career was I was on VH1 for five years. I was on Broadway. So I know how to perform in front of people. That's like totally easy and normal for me. But to go up in front of 12 people sitting on the floor and tell them my story as me and not a character wearing, you know, my costume was the scariest thing I had ever done in my life. I practiced for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. And when I got in front of those people, I forgot everything that I was going to say. And I just shared my story. Everything. Every, it was a totally different thing. But when I saw one of the women on the floor in front of me start to cry and resonate with what I was saying, I was like, holy crap, this is the thing that I want to do for the rest of my life. This is how all the dots connect. We don't necessarily know how all the dots are going to connect. The thing that you might be doing right now might have absolutely nothing to do with your real journey or your real purpose or the thing that you're going to be doing years from now. But if you can lean into it. So when I discovered that, I was like, wait, what? There's this thing where I can speak and I can be me and I can perform, but it's not saying lines. It's not being rehearsed. And I can help people the way that I just helped this girl. I want more opportunities like this. So how am I going to get more opportunities like this? Well, that opportunity came from a human being that I connected with. So what I started to do was I started to go to as many events as possible. I just bought tickets to events and I showed up and I didn't just show up like I got to the event and I know like, and like kind of just like sat in the corner and didn't talk to people. I challenged myself and I made, I had a goal every time I went in. Okay. I'm going to talk to five people today. And those, is there any introverts here? You don't have to raise your hand. It's okay. Rachel's over there. <laughs> I get it. You don't have to raise so your look hand. At, so I just want to, so Roxy. Rachel and Roxy, both raise your hand. So over there, these are two of my best friends. See them raising their hands. Raise it, Roxy. They're introverts. You guys okay. should definitely go say hi to them. They all have podcasts and social She's media. Like the most outgoing person I've ever Yeah, they're, they're outgoing introverts, so it's all an excuse. So go say hi to them, a big hug. They'll love that. Same thing with working out, my introverted friends. The more you practice, the more you train. No, they're pretend introverts. Guess. You got pretend. it. <laughs> um, I'm telling you, if you want to become successful, you got to get in rooms and you got to talk to people and you got to talk about what you want and what you want to do. And the more that you do that, the more you will succeed. I want to, and I want to go too, but you can go. No, I think no, I'm going to go. Oh, okay. And then you go. 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 Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll go first. 
Um, my book, I don't even like to call it my book. The book, the mission, none of it would be as successful if it wasn't for all of you. Seriously. It's you that makes the mission. Every single person up here supported me. All of you guys, Angela, Brett, Henry. If you want to move the world to a better place, which I know you do, I see you coaching. I tried to stalk every single one of you here that tagged me so I would know who was coming. Um, in order to really be successful, it takes a team. It is about the team. My book, it did well. Our book did well because of the belief that other people had in it and the relationships that I built. So if you were to learn one thing, I would say, yeah, consider protein. Definitely learn protein. <laughs> Mary Claire, I'm coming for you for your protein recommendations. You, we better be on the oh same page. Um, but if you can truly give, uh, that's the opening it up to you for question and answer, but I have one more question. I want to let them finish. And then uh, uh, we're going we're gonna to do that. But um, yes, definitely get the protein piece. Um, make relationships that matter, that truly matter. You will know when you meet someone if this is your person. Pour into them. I am telling you, when you do that, you guys all elevate together. Mm-hmm. Mary Claire and I are new friends. There's nothing that I want to do to help raise her mission, right? Whether it's podcasts or introductions, be that for people. And be that for people from a place of because this is a good person, right? So it's not like, you know, there's kind of like that asshole in the corner. Not that there's an asshole in the corner. I'm not talking about you, <laughs> right? That you're kind of like, wow, this person's a real taker. I don't really feel good about giving. I'm not saying that. But there are people that you will meet and you'll go, wow, this person really has a mission. And maybe you could help that person. Do you know, my publisher said they'd never seen something as impactful as my book in the last 10 years in the health and wellness space from Simon Schuster. Thank you to First Form for sponsoring this episode of the show. I wanted to highlight one of my favorite products from First Form, and that is their creatine monohydrate. People ask me what are a handful of supplements that I love, and oftentimes I include creatine on that list. Why do I love First Form's creatine? Number one, it's super easy to mix. You don't actually taste it. It absorbs very well. Creatine has been around for a really long time. It's probably one of the most studied supplements. I think that it's going to get a second shot at fame. Do not miss it. If you are someone who cycles through supplements, creatine should be on that list. Again, creatine is something that is wonderful for an aging individual. I think that that's really important to pay attention to. Head on over to firstform.com slash Dr. Lion. That's firstform.com slash Dr. Lion. And I just want to mention that people often think about creatine and its effect on power and strength. Power is something that declines with aging. 
So if you are not on creatine and you are getting more mature, this is something easy that you can do to help maintain your power and strength as you age. You all should be clapping for yourself because the only reason it did that is because it was done together. Like my friend, Dr. Sean Pastuch in the back, showing up here, Matthew, you know, there's so many people, Jason, it is all about the team and the relationships. And I, I mean that. So do that. If you feel like you're an introvert and you are not making friends and you are not giving because you feel you don't have anything to offer or whatever the narrative is, don't do that. Don't do that. All right. That's my soapbox for the day. Ladies first. Um, it's so funny that obviously every single one of us is going to answer community and team and people. And I just want to add on to the beautiful things that you said too, Jen, that it's, it's about the people who are around you and them authentically knowing you and you authentically knowing yourself. Mm -hmm. I feel like there is no real connection without authenticity. And it's almost like it is like a toxic positive word, honestly. I don't like love using the word authenticity, but I mean like knowing good and not so good parts of yourself and, and letting people see them and then seeing if someone else's not so good parts or good parts are similar to yours and you feel that. Like, Gabrielle, you've built your whole, I know it's, you don't want it to be about you, but I'm sorry, but you've really built your entire life and business around connection and it's like the, I complimented you yesterday and I said, it's not only that you show up for people, but you know them and you see them for what they are. So I feel that when I'm seeing someone else's business, like the first thing that I'm going to be not impressed by is if they're acting like everyone else or in a way that I can, you can like smell that like this isn't the person that they are. But if someone isn't even anything that's spectacular, but they are them, it's like spectacular to me. So I feel like those connections and that's how you make them is really like lay it out and be you and see who the other yous are. So the question was the unknowns yeah. to success, and, and um, I'll start by this. So, you know, Jocko talks about how discipline equals freedom, and you were talking about that, Ben, um, the discipline piece of it. And when you're on Jocko's podcast, I want you to tell him I said this. Are you going to come with me? I'm going to be there, so I can tell him to, my, uh, to his face from far away. I'm going to bring Shane with me to stay hey. between us. But, you know, um, it, until you know what to do, you can have any amount of discipline you want, but if you don't know what direction to work, which direction to go, or where to put your effort and energy, um, no amount of discipline is going to get you any further to reaching your goals. And so, um, you know, my big unknown moments came in 2017. I've been doing the work for a couple of years, where post, you know, having to look my son in the in the eyes and hear him say he didn't have a home, and and uh, I get a call that there's some fellas in town, and I, I'm I'm from Boise, Idaho, and. Um, and uh, the call was, hey, there's some guys here. They're here for an event. Um, can you entertain them? Because at that point, we owned a special operations training company, and it's a really cool running gun place. And, um, and so in walks a uh, handful of guys. One of them is Bader's Koulian, uh, Sean Whalen, Lions Not Sheep, uh, Randy Garn, Scipio, and a couple of others. And um, for the next several hours, we, we just had fun. And I remember thinking, man, these guys are heavy, heavy hitters. And, um, and then I realized what I thought success looked like, what I thought wealth looked like, what I thought time freedom and money freedom and, and all the things looked like was not 
what it actually was. And my mind was blown as to what real wealth looked like. Not, not just talking financial. I'm talking about stepping into your purpose and stepping into um, what you're supposed to be doing in this life and the role you're supposed to be playing. And um, I was like, I want that. And it was a moment where I found myself um, playing really, really small when I thought I was playing big. And so I didn't, I didn't know how small my dreams were until I started hanging around others who had really, really big dreams. And so that was a big unknown for me. It was like, I've got to start playing much, much bigger. But it came by way of the people. And, um, and then the next thing was how powerful proximity is. And um, some of our, our good friends, so Lindsay Schwartz, um, she, uh, she owns a company called Powerhouse Women. If you're not following her on social, you need to. You need to be listening to her podcast because she's amazing. Um, she talks about expanders. She talks about detractors. And this, this um, light bulb turned on years ago about how the proximity you have to people who are big dreamers, big thinkers, big doers, big achievers, it matters. And if you want to do big and have big and achieve big and leave a massive footprint and have massive positive impact on this world, you need to really take a look at your relationships and edit the shit out of them and remove any detractors, which are the people in your life, the habits, the circumstances, the anything that takes you away from your goals, your big dreams, and move yourself closer to the expanders, the people who are going to help you think bigger, dream bigger, push you, not allow for you to uh, make excuses, not tell you it's okay, you tried, and, and you did more than others, so it's, you know, go ahead and throw in the towel. They will remind you about the commitment you made and how it's unacceptable to make commitments and promises and not keep them. Mm-hmm. And, um, and the, the third thing is that it is a pay-to-play. Like, if you want to work with the best in the world, if you want to be a patient of Dr. Gabrielle Lyon, you would better bet that it's going to cost you. And, um, you know, Jen, when you're talking about going to these events and, and things, you, you had to take out your pocketbook and you had to invest not just your time but money, and then you had to invest in yourself by way of stepping out of your, your comfort zone. But so many people want what other people have, but they're unwilling to do the things that it takes. And if you want to hang around the best, if you want to learn from the best, if you want to step into that best version of yourself, just know, and I had to figure this out myself, and this is one of the unknowns, was if you want to seat at people's tables, be prepared to do the work and level up to the degree to where they're going to pour into you because you don't just get to jump on a call with Ed Milet and get poured into without doing the work and, and paying your dues to get there. So those are three unknowns that um, have made a massive difference in my life. Matt? We all went. Do you want? I already went, but I do have something, no. I, I, oh, okay. I, do have something I want to say. And I, and I know you, you don't want us to put a lot of attention on you, but you went on 67 podcasts. And I've written eight books. Two became Wall Street Journal bestsellers. Your book in its first week sold more books than like any of my books have ever sold, and I've sold eight. <laughs> because of your willingness to go on 67 podcasts. It might have been more. Where's my team? Where's Alexia? <laughs> and and here, here's, what's, here's what's wild. Our, a boot camp that we did in Las Vegas that Dr. Lyon referenced where Tim Grover was there and Ed Milet, and we were there. 
you were there speaking the week before the release. You easily could have called Ben, you know, there's just too much going on. I mean, you would leave our event to go into a podcast and come back and you never missed any. I mean, you just, you attack what's in front of you. And I think it's very important for all of us, whether it's for the little eyes that are watching you in your home or your colleagues or people that you're leading, like we have to choose to be an example for those that are watching. And you are an amazing example of the work that it takes to go sell damn near 100,000 copies of a book in a week and to do the things and to still be a mom and to be a wife and to do all the things that are required. You are an amazing living example of discipline. Thank you. So um, I want to open up to questions. If you guys have questions, don't ask us about our morning routine. <laughs> but other than that. Uh, you said you were on all these podcasts, and the thing I tell you, do you pay for all those? No, no, that one. Like, you know, how do because relationships need to be authentic, and so when you say, hey, you need to be in a relationship with me, I, mm. you know, I, I get it, time is money, um, but at the same time, you know, there has to be relationships. The authentic relationships is how I got all those podcasts. Yeah. Relationships are not built in a moment. They are built over time. They are built over, you know, 10 years. But you can also develop relationships. I mean, again, it could be a year, six months, whatever it is. But it takes time. And no, I didn't pay for one podcast. And I think I did more than 67. I can't believe, I don't <laughs> and how did I get them? I texted them and said, can I come on your podcast? Or and here's what else I said. This is not about me. This is about a mission. This is about something so much bigger than me, and I need your help getting it out there. That's what I asked. Can I add something to that, if you don't mind? Yeah. Um, I had a coach that reached out to me um, when I had my club open, and he um, hits me up and says, you know, I'd like to come work for you. I had this guy, Dr. Charlie Weingroff, who was my head PT, and um, he was running the um, training program, and he goes, I want to come work for you. And I said, Chris, I have no room for you. Like, we have... 10 or 11 coaches at the time. The coaches are booked up. He reached out to me every month in a way that wasn't annoying, hard to believe, because I would normally get annoyed by that. But, Originally annoying. Yeah, but he literally, every month, he, he finally, it was like the sixth consecutive month, and I think it was August, like my worst month of the year. And I said, Chris, what's, what's your number? And I called him up. I was like, listen, man, I, I said, I don't, like, you're unbelievable. Like, I, I'm sitting here laughing because you actually haven't pissed me off in these six messages. And I'm actually on a call with you right now. But Chris, I, I don't, like, you're going to have to be in here at 5 a.m. Where, where are you going to live? I'm sleeping on a friend's couch. That's where you, I'm fine. I want to be a part of it. I'm like, Chris, like, I'm going to give you all the crappy hours. Like, your schedule's going to be all over the place. I don't care. I want to be a part of it. I want to be a part of it. I want to be a part of it. So I had one club open with probably 10 or 11 coaches. I had another club open with eight or nine coaches. Within two years, he was my director of performance. And that is the lesson. It's just, we all want something in return. We want this instant gratification. If I, I could tell you right now, I've given away more free, I've trained yeah. over 40,000 one-on-one sessions in my life. I've yeah, given away more that. free sessions than any coach you know is probably trained. I'm sorry, it's the reality of it. And you know what? 90% of them probably didn't pay dividends. I did it for the right reasons. But the ones that did, so you gotta be, you gotta be ready to just do it for the reason of like you want to be good and you want to give. And don't expect anything in return. And when something good happens in return, then you're winning. But can I, can good I, luck. I, I, yeah, and I want to add to that. So wait, you know, I want to add time. to what he's saying. And 
again, because we've known each other for so long, and, and he really helped um, and has helped from the beginning to now and still, and still continues to help. I would call him. Now, first of all, I give away so much free care, and I still do it to people I love. But when I was building and I had something to prove, I had to give away. So you said, why would you pay money? Real relationships matter. I paid to be in masterminds. I remember I paid $30,000 and I was like, oh my gosh, how can I afford this? I paid for that over years and maybe I did it for one or two years, but the relationships that I built, because you still have to get to the table. You still have to get to the table and people that are very successful, they are, they're difficult to get to. It's, it's just the reality of it. Um, but the, that was a really worthwhile investment. I still pay for things. But also to Don's point, I have given away tons, hundreds and thousands of dollars of free care of time. And I still do it. And I will also mention something else. A portion of my practice is dedicated to special operators. Part of the reason why prices, just for our practice, are the way that they are, is so when they or their family need something, they can be cared for. <laughs> Hands down. Can I add on to it too? Yeah. Podcast specifically, I, I find really interesting as a, a talking point too, because since I've had my podcast, which is like, you know, it's really been a joy to have the podcast. I've gotten emails, like 10 emails a day from people saying, I would love to be a guest on your podcast. And the difference between I want to bring this message and I want to be on your podcast so that I can get publicity is so obvious from those messages. You know, I have people who've been following me for years, like when I had like very few followers and they were in it with me and they were resharing my stuff. And if any of them have asked me to be on my podcast, I'm like, let's go. You know, you can ask. It's okay. But you have to establish that connection first. So it's, it is okay to ask when you have a real connection because otherwise it feels icky and it's, and it's, you know, it's like obvious when people are doing that. So, um, I think that's really important too. It is totally possible. And again, through that like real connection and it's not like they're doing for me and that's why they're coming in the podcast. It's like, I know you feel how I feel about things and I want to get in your head and talk about them for sure. Be the one to reach out. Don't have someone else do it on your behalf. Oh, yeah. If you're so big time that like you need someone, then like why are you even going on podcasts? Exactly. But I never even accept when someone's reaching out on behalf of someone else. I just delete it. I don't even look at it. It's I gotta be honest. That's dead honest right there. I don't. I don't. Same for me. Yeah. Yeah. And just so we're clear, in case your question is in regards to what I was saying about the pay to play piece of it, it's I'm talking the tickets that you purchase to be here and the travel expenses and the masterminds and the coaching. I'm not talking about paying for friends. That's, those are not real relationships. I'm talking about paying for the things to get into the rooms, to build the relationships. And there are different rooms that cost different amounts of money. But when it comes to podcasts and things, yeah, you're not, if someone wants to charge you, then probably the wrong podcast. <laughs> Go, Karen. Yeah. Oh, Stand okay, up and take that mic. Recovering introvert here. I told her, I was like, I'm not an introvert this weekend. I was making my way around the room saying hi to everybody. Um, I just had to say, first comment, and then I do have a question for you, Gabrielle. But Gabrielle is the real deal. Like, seriously, she does everything that she's talking about. 
And I'm the kind of person who's more skeptical before proven guilty. You can ask Gabrielle when I first met her, I was just like, what, what? you know, like, what does this person want? And cause that's kind of been like what I was used to. And when you do reach a level of success, that's kind of what you, you experience a lot of. It's like people want to get close enough to you, but then it's because they want something in yeah. return. And people have learned that, right? Like if they ask for something or if they, they give something that they will, be able to ask for something in return, but you can really tell the difference between the people who are asking or giving something because they really want something like you can really tell that energy. And I think what's so incredible is I've gotten to know you, Gabrielle is you've been like a friend first and foremost. And, um, like I went through a breakup uh, a couple of months ago and she was like the first person to be like getting on a call with me and just there as a friend to me. She was the person when I was writing my first book, which is launching in two weeks. Woo-hoo. I asked her, I was like, I, I need you to, uh, I would love it if you could write the forward to my book, but I need it in like four days because we're in a time crunch. <laughs> and she's incredibly busy. And she was like, done, got it. I'll write the forward to your book. And she's just an incredible friend. So she is the person who will be there for you and goes above and beyond, not because she wants something in return. So I wanted to first say thank you because how much that's meant to me in my life. And uh, the question that I have is, has there been anybody in your life that you can think of that really changed your life and really changed your way of thinking? Because I know there's a lot of different people, right? And they have a compounding effect, but... I know what you've been in my life, and I can think of a few select people in my life who's really changed that for me, but is there any one person you can think of? Yeah. Shane Kronstadt. Ah. Um, So it's my husband, and uh, I have to say, it, it would be Shane. And the reason why, number one, first of all, I don't say a ton of nice things to you, honey, so there you go. Here's your nice things for you. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, but when you have a partner that provides stability, that, you know, emotional stability, they're just, they're capable, then you can go out and do big things. And so Shane is my best friend, and it's so amazing to see such a strong, capable person that allows me to springboard and do what I need to do. And that, that changed everything for me. Thanks, honey. Yes, Shane. Shane. Thank you. So the theme that I've seen across has been to live an exceptional life has been tribe and hooking people up. So it's, it's, it's been, we're, you're shifting from one table to another table to another table. So the question I've got for everybody here is, what do you look for in individuals when you're like, okay, I get, to, I get to level myself up so I can create that generational legacy, whatever that is that you want to leave. So what are you looking for in individuals when you're like identifying, that's a table I want to sit at? That's a great question. Really good Yeah, I'll... So what I look for is a few things. First is <clears throat> that somebody has, they have the desire to have really big dreams and goals. Um, I love hanging around people, no matter where they're at, when they, they think about what they want and it's big. 
if they don't know how to get there, that's fine. Because as long as they're, they're humble and they have a, like a CEO mindset, but a white belt mentality, <clears throat> so they're hungry and, and they're humble and they're willing to check their ego at the door. They're not willing to do what I once did, which was getting in my own way because of ego and, and that fake it till you make it approach, which by the way, that is the worst advice ever. Just be real. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People will step up and they will help. You just have to be willing to put the ego aside and ask for it and let them know where it is that you are versus where you want to be. And so for me, anytime I come across anybody that is willing to think and dream big, they're willing to check their ego, be hungry because you've got to do act like knowledge is not power, right? It's what, what you do with knowledge when it becomes powerful. So as long as they're willing to do the work, they're willing to be resilient and do it consistently over time, um, I'll be in their corner and I'll help them every step of the way. I, I'm, I would like to answer for one. I think we touched on this before too. I love your question, by the way. Thank you. Um, I think when I'm connecting with someone, something that I'm often looking for is their capacity to brush things off or ask stronger questions if something that I'm saying or that they're saying, we don't jive with each other. So instead of just brushing a person off, you're like, this is weird that this feels weird to me. And if it's different than what I was thinking, um, or just saying, eh, it doesn't matter because they're good people and give people really the benefit of the doubt. And I just love people who give people the benefit of the doubt. And instead of taking one stance or one thing too close to heart, it's really hard for me to have, as we are all people with very strong stances and opinions, it's hard to have people like that in your corner. And Gabrielle, sorry, Gabrielle, but she is a perfect example of this too, because, and like Don was saying too, taking things in stride and just brushing things off and accepting people as their wholeness as opposed to a moment in time, which also leads to a bigger kind of conversation in the forever strong world and community, which is the ability to critically think and discern information outside of like perception, right? I think that's really important because we've been told for so long, you know, protein and meat products aren't good and and maybe kind of a lot of the, the narrative to separate the narrative from the human, separate the narrative from the the authentic soul inside, I think is a trait that I just love in people where you can just be silly and honest. Um, I think that that's who I really like, uh, feel elevates me or feels really comfortable and exciting to me to meet. Getting back to your question for one second. When I met her, I I went to Dr. Gabrielle because there was in the beginning, it's like, I want to learn from you. I want to we started developing this business relationship and then it evolved into something else. And uh, that takes time, right? So you ever see the documentary Hired Gun? It's about these um, uh, backup musicians. So when like um, Randy Rhodes died with Ozzy Osbourne, they brought in this guy, Brad Giles, who picked up like a week later. Like Ozzy was a mess, other story, but just watch it, it's fantastic. But when they're, they're interviewing Alice Cooper and Alice Cooper turned around and said, oh my God, when, when you look at the musicians out there, like the secondary musicians who could back up our main musicians, there's thousands of people that are incredible. But then I gotta look at, all right, who can I be on stage with? Then I have to look at, all right, who can I be on the road partying with? Who am I going to be able to ride around in a, in a, van, with, a van with for yeah. a year? And that's like, so even when you're asking that question, and this, it's a phenomenal question, but I don't want your mindset to be like, well, I, I need to fast track this. Because what you're asking is like, well, how do you find it? And I'm like, how did I find her? 
have no fucking idea. <laughs> like I just, you know, we, it was a friend that introduced me and I never envisioned it would evolve, uh, evolve into this. Now I'm sitting on stage with four great human beings that I've never you know, met you in person, but now when you get to hear them speak and like you said, there's a level of authenticity that you just can't fake. I'm up here right now and I'm like, wow, I want to hang out with these guys. Right? It's just kind of, it starts evolving anything and then hopefully you now start developing a friendship. Hopefully we trade numbers. If you guys ever need anything in New York, let me know. And like, it's like, it, it, Jersey, yeah, right? Uh, but that's <laughs> just, you know. Uh, yeah, no, I just want to uh, bounce off of you. I, I, like new bestie here over here. Be the energy you want to attract. Mm. It, enthusiasm is never, like, ever overrated. I am obsessed with enthusiastic people. If you're enthusiastic <laughs> about something and you're talking to me about that thing, like, that energy is contagious. I don't know, like I'm looking at some of you talking to you and all of a sudden, like if I have this enthusiasm, you like light up and change a little bit. That's what happens. We mirror uh, who we're talking to. So I know that when I meet someone, like when I met Gabrielle and she was so freaking jazzed, Every time I talk to you, she's so jazzed, right, about her mission, about what she wants to do. I'm like, I want to be around this woman because she's forcing me to up-level. And she's also helping me to give myself that permission that maybe I'm not always giving myself to lean into the shit that I'm excited about. What if we just leaned in a little bit more and stopped holding ourselves back like, oh, I got to be quiet and I got to be polite and I've got to just be the way that everybody else in this room is being. And what if we just like allowed ourselves to go there? To be enthusiastic about the stuff that we're excited about. And I find that when I meet people that are that way, I want to be around them. I, I just do. So you will attract more people that are like you the more that you shine who you really are. And that goes back to authenticity. Awesome. So that was beautiful. That's awesome. Also, I think I your bet. vibe's really cool yeah, and I like the question. I just have to tell you. So, es so Esteban, you know, there's going to be a point in time where I create coaching, right? Like that is my dream. So we have people that go out and share the mission. Esteban does not have a choice. He will be one of those first coaches, whether he wants to or not. Brother, I have appreciated your support and your involvement in the community, and I'm so glad you're here. Thank you. Great question. I'll be the first. All right. That's right. If you're not first, you're last. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share now what I look for in someone. Can I um, add one thing? Yeah. Question? I just wanted to, to answer, because when you asked the question, I thought about mentors in my life, and I always look for mentors that you'll never catch. And so for me, there's two mentors in my life that have had an extreme influence and impact. And one is a gentleman by the name of John Gordon. And John started mentoring me back in 2008. We met down in San Antonio. We were both speaking at the same event. Uh, there were some things from a faith standpoint that he recognized was an opportunity for me. He called me a week later, random phone number. I take the call. So I didn't know that that was going to happen. But he's been this mentor that is, you know, 10, 12 years in front of me, even though I've been doing this for almost a couple of decades, he's been doing almost 30 years. And so I love the fact that when I talk to him, he's doing something bigger, he's doing something better. So there is no seduction of success. I'm constantly being pushed. You know, Ed and I were texting last night before I went to bed and, you know, Ed was saying where he was going and then I was mentioning that I was coming here and I'm sitting here reading what he's doing. I'm like, shit, I don't do anything. You know? <laughs> And it's just this constant, you know, he's on a red eye and he's doing this. And I'm like, well, shit, well, one day I'll start to actually get after it a little bit. And so it, it, it causes me to say, wow, I, if I'm never going to catch Ed, what a great gift that is. Mm. And I've shared with John so many times, and I don't really talk money with people like when it comes to, but a lot of times I'll say, John, where's your speaking fee right now? And he'll tell me where his speaking fee is. And I'll say, good. And I'll say, because I'm still not even close to catching you. <laughs> And so I know, like, even though since we met, and I remember doing an event 
in 2009 with John Gordon. We literally spoke in Chicago. I mean, it was like neither of us made any money. So we both continued to increase, but he's always way ahead of me. And it just, it pushes me, it challenged me. There's no seduction of success. So having those mentors that push you. But one other thing, still be courageous in those relationships. So it does get to the point where John will call me for advice. Ed is, I mean, one couple years ago, or about a year ago, Ed called me for advice. I was like, what the hell? Like, he's calling me for advice? And so be courageous to share advice because iron does sharpen iron. Oh, yes. I love that. Yeah. No, leave it for someone else. One more question. One more question. Okay. Um, we'll get Je- to yours, too. Hi. Hi. Jennifer Hanway. I'm a functional nutritionist. We shared a mentor in Charles Poliquin. Long time oh, ago. Yes. Yeah. I'm up to date with my lab work. <laughs> Just wanted to say that. <laughs> so we're in a room of practitioners, professionals, doctors, influencers, et cetera, et cetera. And we're all listening to your podcast. We're doing a dare a day. We're supporting Wrexham, maybe. Um, but how do we get this message out to people who are not necessarily in this room and not following you on Instagram and not in the algorithm? Because we're in the middle of a global health crisis. Right. Mm-hmm. But we all know that, and we've drunk the sugar-free Kool-Aid, but how do we get this? <laughs> how do we get this out to the people that are not necessarily looking for that information? So that is the mission. Number one, we're hiring. No, just kidding. <laughs> um, number two, uh, that is the mission for 2024. How do we take forever strong to the masses, how do we take this idea of muscle-centric medicine to the masses? Because if we don't get ahead of it, we already know that just 40% of Americans are either overweight or obese. The rest of the world, they're not that far behind. So if we can get ahead of it, we'll do it. You on board? All right. some tactical stuff for you guys. 70%. (laughs) So I I think they're all getting to be seen. So like, okay, so I teach business owners how to build brands online and how to get their message out there. So I love this question so much. And it's so unbelievably important that what's going on in this room is getting out there. It's, we all are on board with that, but not necessarily everybody's seeing all of the content. So we can all try to hack their algorithm and create consistent content. And that's amazing. And we all want to do that, but there's something that we can do to make it a hell of a lot easier and move a lot faster. And that's by leveraging other people's audiences and leveraging, I call it OPA. So every single person in here right now has some sort of an audience. Or raise your hand if you have some sort of an audience online that listens to what you have to say about health. And even just like friends and family could be your audience, right? So you could they spend, don't listen to you, friends huh? and family? What's the, no. Family doesn't listen. Forget but that. No, okay, but they don't, they don't necessarily yeah, yeah. listen. They don't necessarily listen, but they're watching. They're watching. We can't convince anybody else to change, all right? So stop trying to convince people. Just be convicted in what you're talking about because the only thing that you can do is lead by example and and showcase on your own what's happening and with your case studies and everything that you're doing. And then if people want to jump on board, they can jump on board. And if they don't want to, then that's fine too. But here's something tactical that I want all of you guys to do is you're going to try to hack the algorithm by posting amazing content. And that's great. And you might have something go viral and that'll be absolutely amazing. But it'll be a hell of a lot easier for you to go find another person that has an audience of people that don't know who you are yet. Like, Gabrielle Lyon, you have a huge audience of people that probably don't know who I am or didn't know who I was before I got on your podcast. And you so graciously said, come on my podcast, I'm gonna introduce you to my platform. And there we go, I just doubled my audience because I leveraged her audience. And then I bring her onto my audience and then she gets to leverage my audience and that's how we grow. So, exactly, exactly. 
See? Amazing. So what I want you guys to do during this event, and this just gets really, really strategic, and hopefully I'm gonna give you guys permission to all go up to each other and be like, hey, you wanna do an Instagram Live together? You wanna do a TikTok video together? You wanna do a podcast? We're all working for the same exact purpose here to get this important message and all of your messages. Your, your messages are like, it's not, it's saving people's lives. So connect with each other, help each other, leverage each other's audiences, and let's work together to get this message out there. We're not meant to do this alone, and it can go faster, and it can be a lot more impactful if we collaborate and do it together. Cool? Yes, John. <laughs> okay. Um, thank you guys so much thank for being so part of this. The Dr. Gabrielle Lyon podcast and YouTube are for general information purposes only and do not constitute the practice of medicine, nursing, or other professional healthcare services, including the giving of medical advice. And no patient-doctor relationship is formed. The use of information on this podcast, YouTube, or materials linked from the podcast or YouTube is at the user's own risk. The content of this podcast is not intended to substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Users should not disregard or delay in obtaining medical advice for any medical condition they may have and should seek the assistance of their healthcare professional for any such conditions. This is purely for entertainment and educational purposes only.